before, and you know exactly what I mean by that, I was the person who made a list for the grocery store. I looked up recipes, googled checklists, wanting to mix it up and try something new, then inevitably forgot it at home and instead spent a minimum of 45 minutes wandering through every single aisle, waiting for inspiration to strike, hoping I'd remember everything. I'd wind up with a hodgepodge of things, sure, but it definitely led to some creative dinners. When you're cooking for one, you can get away with that a little better. Then, ever since, again, you know exactly what I'm talking about here, I don't really want to dawdle around anywhere, not the grocery store even. Not only do I have a very specific list of only the necessities, I only even go to the grocery store when I'm at the point where I'm wondering if I can open a can of beans on some rotini noodles and call it a meal, or if I can justify takeout again. Sometimes over the course of this, it's been writing lists very specifically because someone else does the shopping for me. I'm so not a cook, but I actually used to like picking out my menu, challenging myself to try something with an intriguing ingredient or see if I could figure out how to replicate a flavor. But lately, especially when you feel like you have to scrub in first and burn your outfit after, when you are stuck at home for most meals of the day, maybe you don't even have a school cafeteria lunch to lean on every once in a while, grocery shopping doesn't exactly feel inspired. Well, Andy Deku is trying to change that one Chinook stop at a time. The grocer is going local, more so than ever. Now selling options from St. Louis area restaurants, purveyors, and makers in the same place where you can buy your necessities from the big boys. Now a guy whose main job involves cheese shopping has become an advocate for places where he's never even been. The new items you can add to your shopping list and why a grocery store chain is bringing restaurants closer together. When there's an opportunity like this to, to help them, um, you know, it's the right thing to do. Oh, and let's get this out of the way right now. I'm a native St. Louisan who can't always properly pronounce the name of our biggest grocery store chain. I blame my Polish-accented mother. So if you hear me call it Chinooks, I'm sorry. Stick around through that, though, and we'll reward you with our food news and weekend planner. I know we've introduced you to people with pretty cool food-related careers on this podcast, but I honestly think Andy Deku has a dream job, the category manager of specialty deli at Schnooks, essentially making sure your charcuterie board options are always on point. Cheese. The guy gets to eat a lot of cheese. He's especially passionate, his word, about American cheese. No, not craft singles, but selecting artisan cheeses from around the United States that he says can stand up to anything imported from Europe. Only in recent years, by the way, have cheeses produced here started getting the respect Andy says they deserve. It's a world he's very much a part of. And that exposed him to a whole new side of the St. Louis food world. So when COVID hit, um, I was, it was on a Saturday and I was just kind of flipping through Facebook and, and I saw um, uh, the the Tulip Tree Creamery Makers. So they're out of, uh, Tulip Tree is, is out of Indian, Indianapolis, Indiana. They make some um, just amazing uh, soft ripened cheeses and wash rinds and stuff. And um, they were standing outside their, their, their creamery kind of uh, on a Facebook Live, kind of begging people to come into the, to the uh, facility and, and buy some product. So I, I gave her a call and she was like, I said, what's going on? And she told me that they lost about 75% of their business overnight. Cause once the restaurants closed down, 
they, um, they had nowhere to, sit to take their cheese. So I called a couple of our other guys, Beji Farm uh, out of Bloomsdale, and then uh, Marcoot Creamery out of um, uh, Greenville, Illinois. And, and it was basically the same, the same story there. So what we decided to do is work with them and our, and our local uh, distributor, uh, Fox River Dairy, who helps us get that, that product to the stores, uh, to work out a deal where we're basically, we're buying it as, as uh, we're, we're buying their product and selling it for as close to cost as we could just to help them out. And so uh, we put a whole program together over, I think it started, it started in March and, and it's, it's actually still going on now um, where we're, we're bringing in some of these amazing, amazing cheeses and just selling just a little bit over, over costs to, to help those guys out. So that's how it started. And then from there, it's, um, uh, we started having conversations about, well, what else can we do to help the community out? And uh, started, we had some partnerships with some local restaurants uh, like Revel Kitchen and, and Soul Taco. Uh, so we made some, so we reached out to them uh, and it wasn't just me, there were some other members on the team. So I don't want to take all the, uh, the credit or the blame for it, but um, <laughs> uh, um, we started reaching out to, to, to those, those restaurants and, and working a plan with our, our internal team because it's, sometimes it can be pretty daunting to get product into the stores. There's, there's, there's uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of things you have to, to do and, and uh, with, with food safety and insurance and things. So we worked with our team to kind of help navigate that and guide, um, guide people through those, those um, hurdles to get through. And um, uh, ended up, uh, I think it was the 15th of April, launching about six uh, different local uh, restaurants in there. And um, we saw, I mean, great success with those guys. And then so we kind of were moving along and like, okay, this is, this is working pretty well. Uh, customers seem to, to like this. Um, we're doing, we're actually doing something to, to help them out. And it's you know, something tangible. that's really, really helping um, you know, keep the lights on in these restaurants. Uh, and then uh, when everything happened uh, with all the, the protests and stuff, um, uh, Feast Magazine put out a, uh, an article about black owned restaurants here in, in St. Louis. And uh, I believe there was, there was just over 70 restaurants in that article uh, with either email addresses, phone numbers, or Facebook pages. And I spent two days just calling, emailing, going online, talking to, to them. Um, and we got some of the neighborhood, about 30 that, that responded back. Um, and just a couple of weeks ago, we launched uh, seven of those. And then we got about 20 more that are in, in other phases of getting set up. That first batch of partners rolled into select Schnook stores in April. Revel Kitchen, a health-conscious, fast, casual spot. Crispy Edge, the creative potstickers. Seoul Taco, which is Korean, Mexican street food. Nudo House, ramen and pho specialties. Crushed Red, a lunch favorite for salads and flatbreads. And Hot Box Cookies, their frozen take-and-bake ones. The black-owned businesses also now added to some stores, Royally Baked, which is all vegan, the Fattened Calf, which is Filipino barbecue, Patty's Cheesecakes, which is so much more than just your simple cheesecake, Kathy's Kitchen, a Ferguson mainstay, and Miss Piggy's Smokehouse, specializing in that St. Louis favorite pork steaks, and Bold Spoon Creamery. Listen to Rachel's story in a recent episode we actually did about the small batch ice cream. Some of these places you've heard of, others maybe not. Andy knows getting a spot in Schnook's shelves. Wow, say that five times fast. Andy knows getting a spot on Schnook's shelves is a pretty big platform. He said, and honestly, I believe him. They wanted to use it for good. It was, you know, doing what's right for our for our local community, and that's, you know, it, Schnook's is is the uh, is the local grocery store here in St. Louis. I mean, there's um, we we there's 
we service, I, I believe 50% of St. Louis every two weeks comes in our stores. Um, and so, you know, it's our, we're doing our part to give back to those, to those that are, um, you know, that are struggling right now and finding a way to, to like I said, to really tangibly do something that, that helps keep some of our, um, some of our, our partners in the community, you know, keeping their lights on, helping them make payroll and stuff. And we've, um, it's been one of the most rewarding personally things that I've got to do just to get to know these guys, understand some of the needs that they've got. And, and, and really I'm, I'm, I've only been in St. Louis two years. And so some of these restaurants, I don't even know what they are. Um, good example of that was, was big mama's barbecue out in, out in Illinois. Um, have been talking with, with them, uh, talking with Curtis, we got their, their, their sauce in, and so I just threw it in my GPS. I was like, I'm going out there. And holy cow. There's first of all, I have no reason to even be out that, you know, where, where that right. restaurant's located. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't drive by that normally, but went out, hunted them out. And it is some of the best barbecue I've ever had. And I grew up in, in South Carolina where, where, um, where that's a big deal. And so yeah. it was, it was pretty amazing stuff. And so that's kind of what I'm doing personally. It's just like, now I got all these, 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 these restaurants that I, uh, that we brought into the stores and, and trying to go out and find them. And I think that's kind of a cool thing too, is I kind of challenge our, our the listeners and stuff to like, yeah, let's definitely come into Schnooks and, and, and grab some of this great product that's out there, but, but also let's go find these guys too. And, and, um, and, and, you know, visit them and, and, and help keep them, keep them going too. So you don't see it necessarily as just a kind of replacement for going out and visiting these places during kind of a weird, funky time. It's a new way of introducing people to different places during a weird, funky time where maybe they're staying even closer to home than normal. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's it's definitely something that we're looking at to to continue long term, even after things return to normal or or whatever normal is. Um, we plan on keeping these partnerships going and and working on expanding that into into more areas for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, to me, it's also, it's great for these, these restaurants to, to kind of seed the market a little bit too, and, um, to get out some places where maybe their brand isn't as well known, um, and, and see what kind of interest rate they have out there too. So, um, you know, whatever we can do to help them out, that's, we're, we're happy to do it. You keep saying partnership and maybe this is a very like simple way of putting it, but if I'm sitting here and saying, okay, I have $10 to spend on food, I could go to the grocery store and make food for myself, or mm-hmm. I could spend that $10 at a restaurant. It's just interesting to me to think about a grocery store seeing itself as a partner with the local restaurant industry. Explain to me why Schnook specifically um, cares about the future of the restaurant industry here. Uh, it's number one, it's the right thing to do. Um, our, our local restaurants, if, if they you know, like we just talked about that they are, they're bringing that the new and different stuff to, to the community. Um, and, and actually they're the, they're the leaders in that they're, they're going to bring it to the, to the, um, to the customers first. Right. And, and, and grocery stores are, are usually, um, and, and rightly so following behind that just to, to let them kind of see the market. So it makes sense for us to, to make sure that they're there doing the great things that they do. Uh, so then we can start bringing that in and have, have different varieties and different stuff in our stores too. But, but it's the right thing to do just because it's, again, it's, it's our local community. It's, it's, it's not just, you know, the guys that, that we walk in and, and that family is, is serving us food at the restaurant, but they're also shoppers too. And we need to keep our, we need to find a way to keep our customers, um, uh, you know, 
uh, in a good position uh, to where they've got, you know, income and, and, and it's not really our job to do that, but when, when there's an opportunity like this to, to help them, um, you know, it's the right thing to do. And it's the right, it's, it's, it's supporting our local community. And I just think that's the only thing that I can keep saying about it is, 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 you know, it's just like, you know, it's like family and we're, we, you're going to help family that are down. It's kind of like community, the same thing. If your neighbors are, are hurting and they need something, we'll do what we can to help. And we're in a position to help them. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to continue to do that. And, um, you know, as this, as we get out of this, uh, uh, this crazy time and, and move on. And then it's, it's more about like, how do we provide differentiation from, uh, you know, from everybody else and have these great offerings in our stores um, for our, for our customers when they come in. So it's, it's kind of pivoting from supporting the local and keeping our local restaurants strong to now growing with them and then just, and helping kind of, bring that experience to more customers that, that wouldn't normally go to those their stores. So that's the long-term play. Do you remember when the pivot to curbside was first beginning and restaurants had to figure out kind of how to do it, especially the places where takeout had never even been a thing? There's a lot to figure out here, too, when it comes to getting your product on grocery store shelves, where it has to be stored for a few days, then make the trip into a cart, then a car to someone's kitchen. There's some been some cool stories that, that have come out of this. The number one thing that that they that, that seems to be across the board that's a, an issue is is packaging, right? So the packaging that you need to to you know send out a to go order at a restaurant versus keeping it on the shelves and you know for two or three days in a in a grocery store are, are, are vastly different. So um, a lot of the vendors are have a have a, are, are you know the, the vendors are at different stages with with this, and so some of them uh, that were in need and this is the, the cool part was um we kind of we had some contacts that we gave them and tried to help them with it but then what we found really worked is the the, the, lo the local restaurants that were already out there doing it we put them in touch with each other and so like like sold and soul taco and revel kitchen are kind of the the veterans of this now and so i've been I, i've been sharing um or, or sending out information from the, the the restaurants that have questions to to patrick and to uh, Simon out at, at Revel, and they've been fantastic, kind of helping them, guiding them. I had one of the, the stores say, Man, these, these guys are like friends now. We, we talk about stuff. And so um, it's really been cool to see it, see that kind of, um, uh, not just us helping local restaurants, restaurants, but then the local restaurants themselves help. That's probably the biggest one is packaging. And food safety, obviously, is the biggest thing. We don't, we, we, we've kind of, um, help the, the restaurants with some of the insurance stuff and the things like that that goes through to get them through the system. But the one thing that we don't, um, we don't budge on is our food safety practices and make sure that the product that's coming across it, to the stores is the ingredients are right, that, that it's, um, it's within temperature, you know, that there's, we've got all of the, all of the, 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 you know, the end to end from, from when they produce it to when it goes into our customers um, shopping carts that it's, it's safe. So, so that's probably the other one we really, really, you know, sticklers with them on is make sure that we're, we're maintaining those, those practices uh, with the food safety for sure. A career like yours requires a pretty discerning palate, I would think, to be able to try different cheeses and things mm -hmm. and be able to say, this is, higher quality, this is what I want, this is what we need to be offering to shoppers in our stores here. What have you learned about the offerings of the St. Louis food scene and the different restaurants, whether they're serving barbecue or ice cream or anything in between um, in kind of exploring this process? Um, so it's it's very, very eclectic. And, and, and coming from um, 
from you know my career span from from the Carolinas to Boston and New York and from the you know from the East Coast, things kind of got you hear about how advanced the the food scene is in some of those areas and 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 you know you kind of come into a place like the Midwest here and you're like oh it's it's pork steaks and and um, you know Emo's pizza and 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 you know bagels that they cut funny so, <laughs> so yeah. they cut in a very practical way to get, get more it. cream cheese on them but have, yes <laughs> it's converted and, and and i totally agree with that way of doing things it's <laughs> efficient um so you kind of i kind of walked in thinking like oh man this is going to be a a tough a tough thing to do with 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 getting you know some of these cool cheeses to to take hold and you know even with some of these restaurants but but and there's some really really good restaurants in this city and and some stuff that i'd put up against anything i've ever eaten um and so it's it's um it's just getting the word out i i say this a lot with what i do with cheese and and really i'm nothing more than an evangelist i'm spreading the, the gospel of jesus to the world and um, hey i believe in that <laughs> right right and so so it's just telling people what to do with this stuff and how great it is and um, and then to, um, to give them, you know, just to give them the confidence to go in and buy it. And so the stuff that we've got in the stores, uh, the, the restaurants and stuff, they're just, they're, they're really, really good. And, and frankly, I haven't tried all of them because I mean, we don't, some of the vendors I haven't even seen yet when, in person. So it's, that's what I want to do next is once we can get out and start to start to meet them. But, um, you know, that's why I'm going around trying to, to find the restaurants and, and try the stuff. But um, it's really, really great stuff. Everything we've tried. And, um, you know, it's just, like, again, it's stuff that you tend to get in a rut. You can be, eat the same things, buy the same things. And this is a good way for, for us to get that in front of our customers and say, hey, I know you've, you like, you like um, Asian cuisine and you like, um, you like burritos? Hey, let's put them together and try Soul Taco. And, and, and so it might be something different for, for our, our customers to try. So um, it's definitely um, pretty exciting to have that out there in front of them. One important thing to note about all of this in these efforts is that they are still very much looking for businesses to partners partner with, makers who are making things that can be stocked on store shelves. So if you want to email Andy, just email him at local at schnooks.com and he says he'd be really excited to talk to you. And Dory, this was an episode that, by the way, Dory is here now. Hello, darling. Hello, hello. Um, this was an episode we were excited to do because we've been talking about about just going out to eat versus trying to eat more at home. And I think this is such a great opportunity to do a little bit of both, I guess. Yes. And support local. And I've said this before, but I seek out these projects or these products every time I go to Schnooks because it's like, there's always something new that I can try there and, and getting these local restaurants without having to order takeout delivery or go eat out, you know? Right. Right, right. And it's always fun to hear the story of how these things even come to be. So that was a cool one. All right, we got some food news. We have a lot of food news, actually, we want to hurry up and get to for you all. Um, we are coming to you the last week of August. And man, there's a lot to talk about. Let's start with some uh, tasty news from one of our favorites that we've kind of talked about already. We kind of hinted at before. Yeah, we kind of hinted at this. Another great collaboration, this time between Noodle House and Mission Taco. They are teaming up for what they're calling a match made in St. Louis food heaven. Do I need to say more? I mean, really, come on. Um, <laughs> so their new ramen, it's a street taco ramen with corn stock, Mission Tacos chorizo, 
street corn, onion, lime, and cilantro. It is available now through the weekend at both Nudo House locations. So you think you're going to give this one a try? Do you hear my, you can totally hear my dog chewing her toy in the background here. Hey. And by a toy, I mean an empty plastic bottle. Um, I would totally give this one a try. It's interesting because I can't really imagine all of that like floating in a broth, um, like a ramen type broth, but I, I definitely think I would want to give it a try. And I, I love cilantro. I know that divides a lot of people, but I really like cilantro. So I think it sounds pretty that good. One, that one kind of convinced me and I love chorizo too. So yes. I, I'm in. Absolutely. All right, so some big news in Illinois that we actually kind of talked about. Um, Tara Galena sort of mentioned this in a previous episode. There's a new mask rule. People in Illinois are now required to wear a mask while interacting with food service workers and other employees at restaurants and bars. They also reminded you wearing a mask means putting it over your mouth and nose. Um, Tara Galena mentioned how that's just kind of the polite thing to do when you're sitting at a table while eating out. Um, She wanted to remind everybody to just kind of keep that in mind while you're dining out. Absolutely. And I know this is uh, something that some places are actually asking you to do now as well. Like when you are waiting for your server to come by, just put your mask on. And it's a good way of, again, keeping them all safe and keeping your favorite restaurants open really some big news in the entire culinary world. Yeah. Not just here in St. Louis. The James Beard Awards have been canceled for this year and next year. Yeah. This, is, this isn't this is something that is just your average, you know. I mean, well, really, awards can be huge in every industry, but James Beard can put restaurants on the map, not just locally here, but then when people come to St. Louis and are trying to find out where they want to go eat – they might not know about that little vegetarian place in Fox Park if they didn't see, mm-hmm. get all the accolades of the James Beard. Um, so they basically said that the assignment of the awards will do little to further the industry in its current uphill battle. Essentially, they're saying giving out gold stars to anybody right now is just not fair. Um, you know, everybody needs help. So why just shine the light on certain people? And they also say bec- next year is not going to be fair either because they assign awards based on the previous year. And I don't think any of us want to be judged based on our work in 2020 or like our situations in 2020. So that could be pretty tough. Um, This is the thing that got you and I talking, Dory, is that they're also overhauling the award and nomination process and procedures to, quote, remove systemic bias and increase diversity of candidates. So if 2020 has done a couple things, one, of course, the pandemic and the closures and the economic impacts of that, but then also it's caused a lot of us to rethink, um, you know, biases that might be leading different decisions. And I know that that could be an issue with some of these. Why are there not more black owned restaurants represented here? Why are there not more women owned restaurants or female chefs? And so the idea that they're wanting to kind of take a closer look at that before they launch into their awards again in the future is going to be very interesting to see the type of things that they Uh, come out with with that with the James Beard Awards but in the meantime I mean whether if a place was James Beard nominated before they're still good if they never were they're still probably pretty good if you love them so um, still keep supporting the local restaurants because that's it's kind of a hit to some of them but either way there are always going to be people who are left out of that so yeah I 
keeping I think mind. that part of it really kind of raised both of our eyebrows. We're like, oh, well, okay, well, that's interesting to know that they're kind of evaluating their own process for how these awards are given out. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, how about we switch gears a little bit to some sweet news? We've got I some like it. in St. Louis County. MacArthur's Bakery is reopening their location in Kirkwood. It's going to be in the same spot, but with a little bit of a new concept. It's going to be called Pioneer Bakery Cafe. They're going to keep serving up the sweet treats that customers know and love, plus some breakfast and lunch items and even brunch. But they're also doing this in partnership with Lafayette Industries. Um, so it'll be a cafe that is sort of a training ground for people with disabilities, and that'll help them prep to launch into a career in the restaurant industry as a whole. So a little bit of a new concept there and kind of helping people in our community better themselves. Um, think about all the people that you know in just kind of typical circumstances who might be struggling with job readiness or having jobs right now. Um, people with disabilities are typically significantly um, more, they face higher risks of unemployment and a harder time getting jobs. And so this is a really good program, I think, and a really great place to do it because, you know, MacArthur is being in such a great location in downtown Kirkwood with the opportunity to serve all sorts of people there. I think that this is a really awesome potential future episode, Dory. Ooh, we might have to yeah. make a visit there. Little tease, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of funny because I feel like a lot of these stories we've been talking about are kind of like we're touching on things we've talked about in the past, but this one uh, is interesting. It's an yes. interesting twist. <laughs> yeah. So Start Bar is closed again until yeah. further notice. Um, and they did this voluntarily. They announced the news this week on Instagram. Yeah. And this is because, you know, Bars and restaurants in St. Louis now must, or bars and nightclubs rather, in St. Louis must close by 11 o'clock. Um, so there's some interesting back and forth with this. And um, I'll give credit where credit is due. I was listening to St. Louis on the Air's legal roundtable yesterday, and they were talking about this and the question of whose job is it to mask, to be the mask police right now. And the bar is basically saying, wait a minute, you said we wouldn't have to be the mask police. Uh, we required people to have masks on when they came and went, but we, you know, it was their own decision once they got inside to not socially distance and not wear their masks. And so it, it is kind of tricky though, because essentially right now during a global pandemic, the restaurant has to do they have to have reasonable measures in place to keep people safe. And right now it has been deemed a reasonable measure is requiring masks and social distancing and they weren't abiding by that. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, how this unfolds. And then also to what extent other places wind up picking this same fight when it comes to these restrictions, especially the longer they go on. Yeah. And the start bar owners also mentioned how they were worried about the future of downtown as a whole. If you think about downtown, there's a lot of places that are open past 11 PM, especially in the summer with Cardinals games, which obviously aren't exactly happening the same way right now, but that's a lot of business for a lot of places that is just kind of dried up at the moment or banned right. really altogether. Right. Right. Well, sometimes things get canceled. Sometimes things just get moved around a little bit. And here's something that I'm actually really excited is not fully canceled. Yes. I was pleasantly surprised this week to see that the St. Nicholas Greek Festival is still on for this Labor Day weekend. 
but with some changes. They're going to be moving the festival from their normal spot in the Central West End to the St. Nicholas Family Life Center, which is in West County. It's very um, close to West County Mall. Yes. And so there's not going to be any live music or dancing and all of those normal sort of festival things, but they are still bringing that food. They're doing a curbside only food pickup system and you can order online. I actually just checked yesterday to see if you could like place a future order. Yeah. Not open yet, but I'm guessing once we get a little bit closer to Labor Day, um, that Friday of Labor Day weekend, that that'll be opening up. So you can still get your Greek food on. That is a tradition that I would be really sad if it went away entirely. And my family's also gone to events over at the Family Life Center in West County and gotten food there too. So I'm excited. Maybe we'll just eat and watch my big fat Greek wedding on a projector in the backyard or something. And there you go. <laughs> too. <laughs> Speaking of family, my cousin was actually really excited about this next um, this next news story. She's been texting me about it a lot because she's recently vegan. Yes, uh, and I'm excited about this one too because this is down in my neighborhood of South Grand. Lulu's local eatery is under new ownership and they are going to be reopening. Yes, we reported this back in June that the owners were looking for a buyer. Um, and that was a different thing than we'd seen in most storylines about restaurants having to close either temporarily or permanently. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that they really wanted it to kind of stay open and keep going, just they couldn't keep doing it themselves anymore. Well, good news is that the new owners promised to continue that legacy of the previous owners. They want to keep the menu, of course, mixed in some new additions of their own, which I think is exciting. Um, however, here's what I have to keep telling my cousin. The opening is TBD. So, of course, it's that non-in operation for a little while now. So, It'll take them a second to get things going again. But when I go back there, I'm going to get so much cauliflower and it's going to be delicious. (laughs) Um, Well, how about something that's very not vegan? (laughs) Very not cauliflower at all. (laughs) Not at all. But I love this story and I think you're excited too. McDonald's is coming out with spicy chicken McNuggets. Um, (laughs) These are launching in a few weeks on Wednesday, September 16th. They said it's happening at participating locations, but... In the newsroom, we got an email from the St. Louis area McDonald's locations, and they said, hey, this is happening. So I am fairly optimistic that we will get some spicy nugs here in the St. Louis area. That Um, sounds yummy. I know. They said they are breaded with a sizzling tempura coating made of both cayenne and chili peppers. And there's also going to be a new sauce. It's called the Mighty Hot Sauce. That'll have those same flavors. I'm pretty excited about this. Um... I've also low-key always loved McDonald's buffalo sauce. I don't know what it is, but when you get like chicken tenders or something, the little packet of buffalo sauce, Mm -hmm. I sometimes will ask for extra just so I have it at home because it's a good (laughs) buffalo sauce. I dip between that and the ranch. I kind of mix them together. There you go. All right. But if that's too spicy for you, how about we cool down? All right. McDonald's is also launching a new McFlurry flavor. It's a Chips Ahoy one, and that's coming out the same day. So you can get a little bit spicy, a little bit cool all on that same little trip. I look forward to that Wednesday, September 16th. But as far as this week, Dory, what's the best thing you had to eat? Uh, you know, talking about traditions, like with the Greek festival thing, I decided to get Joya's because they've been doing a lunch special on Wednesdays, kind of going back to the Lent season. They've been bringing back their cod sandwich that they usually only have on Fridays during Lent. 
this thing was huge. It was loaded. <laughs> it was so good. It was three meals for me. It has, wow. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, they're just so good. But yeah, it was a huge sandwich. Um, so it's a cod sandwich with mac and cheese, red hot riplets, and Provel on it. And it was so good. Um, oh my gosh. I love having chips on sandwiches, by the yeah. way. I don't think people do that enough. So that was a great addition on there. I highly recommend. I, oh gosh, I don't know if they're continuing it past August, but keep an eye on their Instagram story because that's how I always know when it's happening. Mm, Instagram, once again, um, every time there's an opening or closure temporarily or whatever, we're going to try to keep you posted on that on Instagram. And then also before you head out the door, check your restaurant's Instagram page to kind of get a good feel for how they're operating in that moment. That's our best way of doing it. Yep. Speaking of restaurants, it was actually the first time I sat down at a restaurant to eat a meal for months this past weekend. Um, Yeah. And it was a walk-up window. So I guess you can kind of count that, but it was at Club Taco in Kirkwood. I'd never been there before. And honestly, I felt like I was on vacation. It was fantastic just because the environment was so great. It was a patio that, you know, you're very much social distance from everybody, every other table there. Um, And you just go up to the window and order your food there and then they'll bring it out to you. They're not doing table service or anything to keep their staff still safe. Um, They don't have any indoor seating or anything like that. The taco was good. I got spicy fish, so I had ahi tuna on it, but the mojitos. That's what I was all about. I haven't had a mojito all summer, I realized. And so I had to have two, obviously. And it was delicious. And it was refreshing. And it felt like a nice little vacation escape by driving 20 minutes away to go to Kirkwood. So I highly recommend it. Nice. Yes. So that was something I did with my last weekend. But we are coming to you once again the last weekend of August. So the 28th, 29th. 30th. Um, there's a couple things going on we want to make sure you know about. Yep. So Friday night, there's the food truck frenzy in O'Fallon, Missouri. This goes from 530 to 830 at the O'Fallon soccer park. There will be food trucks, live music, admission is free, parking is free. Just remember to bring your mask because you'll probably be around a big crowd of people. So hopefully socially distanced, but uh, some food trucks that you can get on there. I think they had about eight or so that they were planning on having. Very cool. Yes. Again, when you walk out of the house, phone, wallet, keys, mask, hand sanitizer. That's become the new thing for me. (laughs) Yes. Um, And then Friday through Sunday, we have just a couple things to remind you of. Of course, the Cardinals are in town again. So they have the watch party on Clark outside of BPV. The Cardinals Nation restaurant is going to have their different packages. You can also watch everything from the Budweiser Brewhouse Bud Deck rooftop area. Um, the, again, with ongoing activities, the outdoor movies are continuing at nine mile garden. If you want to keep your food truck on, on Saturday night, um, the dark night is playing. Um, the late summer night stroll is still happening in forest park and the streeteries are still going on in the central West end where they're closing the streets off. And by the way, I walked past this and the coolest thing in my opinion was that club Viva, the salsa club is outside on the street. And so they have salsa music and like really good salsa dancers in the middle of the street. It was so nice. I, I, I highly recommend that because it just, once again, you know, it's the end of the summer, uh, but it's not too late for a little bit of an escape. Abby Eats St. Louis is a five on your side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Dory Olmos. 
please make sure you are subscribed to our podcast. We drop every Thursday and we're excited about every episode we get to bring you right now. Um, so make sure you get that on time and leave us a rating and review. Feel free to DM us or tag us on our Instagram at Abby Eats St. Louis with any of your story ideas or email us podcast at ksdk.com. We absolutely love hearing from you, especially when we can't see many of you in person these days. <laughs> Have a fabulous last weekend of August and seize the plate.